Welcome, Mike. It's a big content. Jack's got his headphones on, so you know he insisted that we put headphones on before we started today because he feels like we're not bringing the energy level that we need to when we have headphones on. <laughs> what do you mean? Thankfully, you started recording, so Tommy Boy can bring that to the front and that's show that that's a that's a lie. Are we doing headphones? Yeah, I need to bring you back down to reality. Well, well, just talk that talk. Uh, I thought last episode was great. Shout out Tommy for the edit. Tommy Gabagool. We'll, we'll continue on. Uh, I was part about his name. It's like, even if he's That's bad, not his real name. <clears throat> no, it is his real name. He showed me his license. If Even if I wanted to get rid of him, can't he do can't. it. Can't well, do it. It's just what costs you your life. Give, yeah, it gives him a lot of leeway. <laughs> just because I like the name. Yeah. Not because I'm scared he's affiliated. Well, he probably is. You think he's got a promo code? Philly? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. All right, so I don't know. Do you know who Stephen A. Smith is? I mean... <laughs> Don't disrespect me <laughs> in my fucking studio. Okay. Do you know who Kenny Beecham is? King of the fourth quarter. Kenny Beecham. Yeah. I know the name. I okay. Just, top of the head, I don't know if I can. All right. So he, he's biggest on YouTube. He works with House of Highlights as well. He's a YouTuber, does NBA 2K stuff and basketball type content. Stephen A, I guess, started his podcast or just started getting going with it. But he had Kenny on his podcast. So... I don't know how much or what direction we want to discuss this, but I just thought it was like a really cool moment. Stephen A said he's going to bring Kenny on to first take to actually like debate with him. Kenny talks a little bit about his goals, and I I related to it a lot because he said, I take everything almost like 24 hours at a time. Like Stephen A was asking him, you can just turn me off completely. (laughs) I just felt like it was kind of loud, no? I don't know. You had all this pent-up excitement from the last three episodes of having none. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, I just thought it was a really cool moment. Maybe there's something to touch on with the fact that Stephen A. is not worried about bringing professionals on. He's worried about bringing content creators on. Maybe there's something in, in what Kenny said, which was like his goals, they change every 24 hours just because of the fluidity of stuff. But his overarching goal was like he wants to have a platform to talk sports, and that's what he genuinely enjoys to do. And I think that it makes sense. The platforms change day to day, hour to hour, uh, year by year. So, yeah, wh- where do you want to take it? So Kenny Beecham is a content creator around basketball. Stephen A. Smith started his own podcast. Mm-hmm. Is that an independent podcast, or is that on like a network or something? I mean, he works for ESPN. I would have to imagine there's probably ties, but I had never seen that stuff before. It's on his personal YouTube channel, Stephen A's. So, okay, so that's interesting. How big is his personal YouTube channel? Stephen A's? Yeah. 60,000. 60,000? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so it, that's interesting. Um, I think I think that's like a tip of the cap to Stephen A for realizing what direction he needs to go or, or what he needs to do in order to make that channel successful. And he's playing into what, what that platform is. Yeah. And he's getting the popular guy on it, knowing that he has. I think there's a lesson in leverage there, mm-hmm. understanding that you've built so much leverage off of TV and being like a famous celebrity or whatever, that you can pull these content creators. And now kind of like a shifting of the tides, yeah. you know, in a sense where it's still going to take a long time for, you know, it's easy to say like YouTubers and TikTokers or whatever are the celebrities now. And I think that there's a very, very real true sense to it, but there's still a lot of power behind being like a TV celebrity. TV's the number one still to this day. It is, but I think it's almost uh, movies, right? Like the power behind being in a popular Netflix show yeah. can get you to being a worldwide famous person in five seconds. For sure. Relative to like TikTok or YouTube where it's like, yeah, you could be really popular in a niche, but 
it'll take you years and years and years to actually gain notoriety out in the real world. Yeah. So I think it's, I think that's a really interesting crossing of the swords there. Um, I don't know, I don't know about like the content behind you know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. What has he brought on other guests and have they mostly been like professional people? This is the first time I've seen it, and I think partially because I follow Kenny, I follow people who work with him, and so I kind of see it more. But I don't know what Stephen A.'s plan is. The only did you enjoy the podcast? Between I you? didn't. I I only watched a clip. You know, I, I don't, I was going to, I was going to, my next question was going to be like, did it entice you to be like, let me check out Stephen A's podcast now? Uh, yes, I, I would watch that episode, but ironically, because I just want to hear Kenny's thoughts. Like I'm so much more interested in how his brain works with all this stuff, his goals. Someone sent me actually a picture of like a MLB, the show creator package that they got. And I was more checking out like how they set up their streaming stuff. Like in that, in that picture, it's just what I'm interested in. Yeah. It, it is cool to see it happen. And then all the comments like, wow, Kenny finally made it. And if he goes on TV, like on first take to debate, that'll be a nuts moment. I wonder if ESPN will embrace it. And they started a creator class. It was unpaid. I think that's like half-assing it in my opinion. But a bunch of the creators from our agency were there and, you know, they got them some access. But you got to pay. These people are, it's worth their time. Now, Stephen A., like you said, is built up the leverage to where Kenny will do it for free. And it's actually Stephen A's gaining more from Kenny because you get to use his face on YouTube, those two together. Then it's such an interesting dynamic there. It's, it's like ESPN has always made these guys like homegrown, right? Like Stephen A Smith, all these guys are homegrown in a sense, but it's like, it takes one of these big interactions to happen for everything that we knew from the past to kind of just like fall down. And now Stephen A's next 10 guests might be podcasters or YouTubers or whatever. And it makes you think when these media companies like ESPN start to grow or they start to look for the next creator or the next Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. do they look for Kenny Beecham and hand him a massive bag? Yeah. And does he want to do that? You know what I mean? It just it, it's, it's really interesting just to see where it will go over the next 5, 10 years. I don't think it's anything that you or I haven't thought of necessarily, but when you get to see it, at scale, playing out in the real world, it's fun to see how these people who have had so much success in different platforms look at it differently than we do. And, I, you know, again, it's like an independent podcast probably by Stephen A. So he has, like, creative mm-hmm. control over who he brings on. I guess I'll take a peek at it and see if there's anything I can, like, pull from the insights of the way that they work off of each other. Because I do think it, it's a crazy dynamic of being on TV and being, like, you you do some, you, you've done TV appearances mm-hmm. before. I've never done a TV appearance, I don't think, but I've done podcasts or more uh, formalized media presences where I don't feel as comfortable doing those. I don't like doing them because it feels like they're scripted. It feels like it's almost like, all right, you got 90 seconds to do your best. I'm like, I don't like being put into a a spot where it's like, I just have to do my best for this short amount of time or else I look like a fucking schmuck. I like being able to sit here and talk for an hour and some things are good. and schmuck the whole time. Yeah, you know, I'll take 60, (laughs) at least I'm consistent over a long period of time. So I wonder like, what can ESPN offer to a guy like Kenny Beecham? It can offer him scale. Access. It's access. Network, That's really scale, and money. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. It's pretty much everything. Everything. <laughs> that, that's why the but, networks have been successful. But, but then you got then you got that mark next to your name. It's like, I work for ESPN. Yeah. It's like... You don't want that. Is, yeah, right. Is that That's like a negative mark in today's game, I almost feel like. Yeah, sellout. Not fully, but for someone like Kenny, yeah, going to for work... For dudes like me and Kenny, the real ones. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it is like... If you went and worked for ESPN, you're now under that umbrella, right? So it's it's always saying someone's going to be higher than you. The brand is more important than you specifically. You ever yeah. think about that? 
I just huh? thought about that for the first time. I haven't worked in a corporate setting in years, like I don't know, six, seven years. Yeah. I haven't. I've never. I haven't been in a position where someone else can like have a very negative mark on where I'm work, like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense, but like in a corporate setting, obviously your boss or like the, the CEO of a company can can do something extremely immoral, mm-hmm. and then you go and tell people like I work here and it looks bad on you. Yeah, I've never, I haven't been in a position in that in a really long time. I was thinking like, that's, I feel like something I would never, I would never want to put myself in that position. I guess employees can do that in a sense if they have an outward facing like profile or social media presence, but I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. I Sexy behave. I don't really know what you're talking about, but it, it feels like there's something there that I want you to connect the dots. On. Okay. Let me, let me try to articulate this <laughs> a little bit better. I was, I was, okay. So if, if a creator like Kenny Beecham has flexibility, has freedom, whatever. Yeah, yeah. ESPN or someone throws him the bag. He feels like it's a good networking opportunity, yep. whatever it is for him. He can go somewhere, and then someone within ESPN makes does something that you know tarnishes his reputation in mm-hmm. a sense. And it's like it's. I mean, I guess when you're submitting to a company like ESPN, you are letting go of all control in mm-hmm. a sense to begin with. But I was just kind of saying, like, I just thought of that off the top of my head. Like, I haven't been in a position where. Like my boss had done something stupid and I'm like, ah, fuck, like now I'm kind of taking the heat for it. Or now outwardly facing, I'm in a weird position. Like someone comes up to me, I'm embarrassed to say where I'm always embarrassed to say where I work, but like (laughs) in a corporate setting, you know, not because of someone else, always just because of me. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, I, I having some fun. No, no, no. I think on, on that point to something else that was in the news and something I've been thinking a lot about is the quality of content. I might've talked about this before. Feels like shitty in general yeah it it feels like as much as there's a lot of good con or there's a lot of content out there the quality of content has taken a significant dump and that's obviously with more quantity quality people don't people don't focus on making quality content right they focus on what moves the numbers yeah Yeah. and so maybe you were early and i'm late okay yeah wait i was also thinking about something on this note people love people are obsessed with making this came to me maybe like two nights ago i was thinking like Man, I, w- I went on maybe Facebook or LinkedIn, and mm. someone made, like, an announcement post. Like, hey, I'm getting uh, promoted or some shit, right? And I always, like, internally kind of, like, make fun of those things. It's always like... Why? I'll, I'll, get, to, I'll <laughs> get to why. I'm going to, again, try to articulate it in a way that doesn't sound ridiculous. But it's... Uh, one, most of the way they word it is, like, so ridiculous. Like, oh, I got, you know, I got this new job. I can't wait to go on this, like, new journey. It's like, shut up. It's like a new fucking job. It's, like, <laughs> it's not even a new job. It's, like, just a promotion. Yeah. You're doing the same shit. You're just talking you to a different person. You got a 10% raise. Yeah, it's like not a new journey. You go to the same fucking place. <laughs> shut up. Um, okay, so the idea that... So n- announcements like that, right? Like announcement-type posts. Anytime yeah. you make an announcement or something, it naturally is something that vibrates with people and gets a lot of feedback and engagement and attention. And people on TikTok do it. People on all platforms do it. But it made me start thinking at the core of it, why do people do that? And why is it such a big part of the world's content in a sense? And I'm like, I mean, we live in a world where we we know a lot of people that make content. Yeah. But realistically, 99% of the people that we know don't make content, mm-hmm. right? And... The only content that people that we know that don't make content post are like announcement, right, right, are announcement right. type posts. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking like, okay, some family members, friends or whatever. Yeah. The only time I they, got engaged. I, like right. That, yeah. And because those, oh, because they know internally, it's like a subconscious content play by them knowing that that's the only type of posts that will get engagement. I don't think they actually care. They don't care that the people from high school know that they got a job promotion. 
Like realistically, why would you ever care oh, about? You're just saying the, these are like I'm locks. So, to I'm getting so, this in. is why the quality of content is, has gone down so dramatically. I think because people are are only focused on and th- this goes back to the core of like what I'm saying. It's like backing up what I'm saying. It's like okay, I think a lot of content creators are just looking for the numbers. It's like, right. yeah, because even when you go down to the basic of the basic of people who don't create content, wow. the only content they do create, surefire content that they know will get engagement. Okay. Why that was a journey. Yes. But did we it make did sense? get, yes, okay. yes. I, I hear what you're saying. To a very basic human level, most people just don't want to create stuff that they believe in. They want to create stuff that they believe we will get, will get these engagement yeah. numbers, yeah. right? And it goes down to the people that don't make content and the only content that they make they will only post it because they know it'll get some feedback, positive feedback. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about that as you brought that up. And I think that's like the big problem with the fucking algorithm and the numbers and stuff. It it promotes, you know, and, and I'm not yeah. above that. Like I, I fed into stuff like that, but it's just like, <laughs> it promotes this really unhealthy way of creating content. I, I wonder what the end game is here. I, I think there's going to be a correction. That's my bet. And that's why I'm going to hopefully stay very strict to our goals. Uh, like for example, on our YouTube, which is dropping tomorrow, our first video. Eight, eight games in 10 hours should be good. We got a, a thumbnail and Is it already finished? Uh, no, not yet. It, w- it will be. But we're going to do a premiere tomorrow at noon. Let's we go. got a schedule. I'll be tuning in. Thank you. We're, we're discussing, so I'm going to the Garden on Saturday for the Elite Eight game. And then I'll go back on Monday for the Knicks game. And, you know, what's the first thing we're like, oh, what if we just slept over in the Garden, right? You're thinking Mr. B style now. Exactly. Yeah. Mr. B, shock value. But then I'm like... The fuck? Do, that's not what we do. Like, what does that do? It doesn't add value. There you go. It's just for the thumbnail. It's just for the title. It's just so Casey actually came up with the what I think was a really good idea, which is we're gonna go Saturday because it's a college game as like tourists. So like you're coming to the garden as a tourist rooting for one of these teams, and then on Monday we're gonna go as like you know New Yorker Knicks fans, and that way you're showcasing kind of the di- which is our goal. We want to showcase what MSG is like going to a Knicks game, going to an event there in New York, and you'll show parts of New York that tourists see, and then parts that we see. I think that's cool, and and that's. And so I felt like that was like a really good moment for us to be like, yeah, we're not going to get arrested trying to sneak into Madison's. <laughs> like, that's just not what we do. Yeah. It, it's not helping anyone either. So there was a big topic this week at Barstool. I don't know if you saw. So I guess Mean Girls is the name of the, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And one of the females at Barstool, I think her name is Keegs, wrote a blog shitting full blown. I saw the TikTok clip of her. Yeah. And it it, it was that essentially in blog form shitting on those two girls. And she was like, look, everyone at the company knows your podcast is crushing or your views are crushing, but you're doing this low lift content that makes all us girls at Barstool look like shit. It's not good. It's not what Barstool believes. It's just, it's low quality podcasting. It's like they're, they're acting. She thinks, I think in her terms was basically like, you're coming off so dumb relative to who you are in person. And yeah. you're making this podcast because you feel like the numbers are, and she's like all the validation you're getting online is vitriol. It's all mm-hmm. like bad validation right. that you're sucked into the numbers. I think a lot of it comes back. To, are you making content that you're actually proud of too? Right. Right. And that's where quality content comes from. It comes from passion. It comes from being proud of the thing that you're actually making. When you step onto the mic, are you, are you saying something that expresses who you are as a person? Yeah. You know, are you putting yourself onto the camera for other people to experience or experience it with you? either as you or with you. And I think 100%, like there will be a correction. I just wonder, how does it come? Is it a new platform that promotes some sort of 
quality, you know, level that needs to be done? And if so, how does an algorithm handle that? Is it watch time? That's why I do think YouTube kind of comes back to having quality content because like the biggest metrics are watch time in a sense, but maybe that could be gamed as well. Like Mr. Mm -hmm. Beast has gamed that his, his quality is content, but I, I wouldn't argue that it actually does anything for anyone outside of just like quick hitting entertainment yeah, value, yeah. you know? Well, it's entertaining. That's yeah, his value. Yeah, yeah. Add. But I agree. I think it, it's just a reminder because everything that we talk about, we want to relate to the creator or creator to be. And all I'm saying is like create quality content. And over time, yes, it's going to maybe take a while. It could take a really long time because the algorithm is the algorithm and it's feeding you this bullshit. But I think there'll be a correction and people will appreciate when you go and do that. Another example is we just did a clip from the podcast. What NBA player could lead a 16 seed in in the tourney to win Mm -hmm. the championship? Right? The worst NBA player that could do that. Yeah. Right? yeah, and so it's Abe and I going back and forth for two and a half minutes. It's some senseless debate. People get in the comment section. And I was watching, and I was like, oh, this is actually an interesting topic, right? But that's the new standard for content. Quality content would be Abe and I, like, interviewing NBA players about it, doing research on it, doing running 2K Sims, like, putting together, like, a 20-minute... Putting the work in for exactly. this. Exactly. Yes. I can't, like, emphasize this shit enough. Yeah. When I started making content, like, one, on that note, you can can get big by doing this shit. In this game, the quicker you go up, the quicker you can go down. Yeah. It could be taken away like that. The slower you go up, the slower you will go down, no matter what negative outside forces you face. And I feel like we're probably fucking proof of that Mm -hmm. over the long run. I think when I first started making fantasy content, it would take me hours and hours and hours to do everything anything I put out there. Right. I was like, I'm not half-assing this. Like, I am giving my entire side of the argument, and then I'm going to put the research in for the amount of hours I did to mm-hmm. play devil's advocate on myself. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where I was coming at it, and I was not putting out anything less than that. Yep. And I think, like, there's parts of me that improved and become more efficient with it, but that will pretty much always be my mindset as it relates to content, and I think that's a very healthy way to go about it. And, there, yeah, like you said, there will be, like, a day of reckoning. I don't know how mm-hmm. it will come a lot of it will play itself out mentally within each person individually. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of five years, at the end of 10 years, there are not a lot of people that create content for 10 years. You know what I mean? At the end of it, you'll want something you could look back on and be like, this was cool. Like Mm -hmm. I built something cool. I think most people who do it for the wrong reasons and build something they're not proud of won't be there in 10 years. And if they are, they're like, fuck, that's a lot of (laughs) those people who like start to have drama filled within their lives and and go down routes where they're just like, this isn't even me anymore. I need to quit or whatever the case may be. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I like I, we've talked about this in the last few weeks too. When I got off TikTok for a couple of weeks, then went back on, I can't even go on the app anymore. Like I just not because of yeah. like external comments anymore. No, it's brutal. I get on and I'm just like, this is ter- like what am Terrible. I? What am I even watching right now? Yeah, and it's not even like oh, I feel bad for myself. Why? It's like no, this is like I'm not enjoying this. No, anymore. everything is like some weird gimmicky thing to try to like pull me in. I'm yeah. like, dude, like. This is not fun. What about the people selling hooks who use their hooks to hook you in? It's just like, let me tell you how to get more engagement on your TikTok video. And I'm like, fam, if I could punch you through your fucking screen right now, I would. It drives me nuts. I can't, yeah, I can't stand that platform. I can't, I actually don't really consume now that I think about it. If I'm not on TikTok often, like I'll scroll through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I never really use YouTube personally unless yeah. I went to it for like a how to, like, how do I do this? Yeah. I don't really consume that much. I only consume within my community like i'll yeah. go through all my comments and stuff like that that's right. kind of how i consume social that's like my yeah. relationship with the at this point yeah comments i mean the comment sections are brutal 
right? Like no one's ever, not no one ever, but it's rare to do like a thoughtful, <laughs> you know. So, it's so bad, bro. Like every, even like Instagram reels, I'll be going down. and it'll No, be no. Like, why would you ever click the comment? <laughs> no, like actually. Because I want to like, I want, I think there's a part of me that just wants to get angry. <laughs> I think there's a part of me. That <laughs> That's the only get, explanation. People get so deep in Instagram comments. Bro, it'll be. I, all right, so I commented on someone's. I'm listening, but I want to go through. Um, I want to. I'm like going to be going through Instagram as. Uh, I as commented on ESPN's post of Marcus Smart fighting Trey Young, and I just wrote like Marcus Smart's a clown. I don't know what made me do it. I just like saw it, and I was like, he's such a clown. So I commented. I get 14 DMs from Marcus Smart defenders. Bro, you're a clown. Bro, your mom's a clown. Bro, and I'm like, what are people even doing? Like with their time. It, what I'm not saying you need to be productive 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but like why even waste the time to do that? Are people just really looking to get upset? Yes. I'm is telling that, you that that's what like is? what, yeah, people. They, but do you think there's people that are looking to not be upset? I think so. They all are looking to not be, no one right. wants to be upset. They don't, no, they no, don't no. know. That. I think people they are, they don't know that. So I guess like the the person that comes to mind in, in this whole conversation is Brett Coleman. Like I was just he just texted me and I was gonna bring it up because he just he just texted me. He was like, "Well, it took only two days to get invited back on." Referencing Pat Mac. Did you know what, ta- what happened with Brett? And Pat? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, uh, I didn't know he went on. Did he go on? I, I just got that text like two minutes ago, and I was going to bring it up. That he's going I on. I guess he's he, going back on again. Back on. I didn't see him go on. I saw the interaction. Oh, yeah, he went on, the on Twitter. Show. Okay, so on. so before we get there, I was actually just going to give Brett a ton of credit. If you were to, like, take a step back and say, do you think film breakdown content on YouTube could work, like, years ago? Or even now, you'd be like, no shot. Like, you got to make it quick hitting. You got to make it all this stuff, hook people in. And, like, no, he's just taking a fucking fantastic approach, slowly built it over time. He's optimized, which we talk about all the time. Like, his thumbs are great. His titling is great for the platform, but the actual content of it and the reason people watch is, and he can find a quarter million people to watch a film breakdown on the Indianapolis Colts offense. You want to know why? There's an audience for everything. There's an audience for everything, but he puts the fucking work in on puts that stuff. Work, yeah. I remember having him on my channel years ago and, and asking him about the process of making one of those things. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I put out one a week. I work a full 60 hour week and that's what it results in. Yeah. I'm like, that's like, no one is willing to do that. I brought right. like when I brought Pete over okay, for is, that same is, interview and he was like, he, when Pete puts out a three minute Twitter video, yeah. I'm like, how long does that take you to make a three minute Twitter right, video? It's a whole week or he, months he's, long. Like, well, he's like, well, the, the three minute, like when he's just like face to face to the camera, yeah. he's like, it'll take me five, six hours to yeah. make a three minute Twitter video. And I'm like, people are not willing to do that. Okay. <clears throat> are people not willing to do that or do they not have the time to do that? How could you do that, right? If you're not full-time content creator, you have another job. Can you take 60 hours to make a video? 60? No, no. of course not. But I, but, I, but I, could you do 20? And you're, but I, get, your I bet when Brett wasn't, like when he first started, I bet it was I'd 60. be curious. I'd be curious to ask because I think like being realistic. I know someone he, who knows him. If you wanna, yeah, if you shoot him attack. Direct. Being realistic with, with the audience and with the... With the people who want to be creators, they can't just be like, all right, I'm going to take 60 hours. We can do it. Not 60, but I that six There's, hours I was putting in per video yeah. every single day was yeah. on top of. Right. I was in grad school and I was working full time. Like I was doing all yeah. of this yeah. shit when I there's was like. There's time. There's yeah. time. Oh, there's time. I, if you I want think it. this is kind of 
you want to call it a reckoning. You want to just call it like the cycles of life. Like think about when someone would write a book, they would do investigative journalism. Like they talked to like 14 people before writing a fucking blog post. Now you just spin up a blog in, in 30 minutes and you publish it. That shit's like, no, <clears throat> yeah, it I really, think quality of content is making a comeback. Well, I, I think it will. You ever listen to the BFFs podcast? Portnoy, yeah. Josh. Well, uh, I've never listened. I've only seen the clips. I, I, for some reason, I haven't listened to it in a long time. And for whatever reason, I just uh, threw on one of their last episodes with this. Their guest was uh, this Instagram account, Duma. Duma oh, oh whatever. yeah. Basically, she's like an Instagram account that gets fed TikTok gossip or just like celebrity gossip in general and posts stuff. And she's like, oh, I never verify She's like, some things I won't post because I like feel like it's out of pocket or it's disrespectful. Right. But like a lot of things she just doesn't verify. Right. And she has Prez, like she, she posts she posts a lot about Prez and a mm-hmm. lot of it's just not true whatsoever. Right. You could tell via the conversations that they're having on the podcast. And I'm like, man, I have like, like. I, it feels I, illegal. I, it feels like a weird balance of like, I respect your work ethic, but I, I really like don't respect you as a person that you feel comfortable doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like posting stuff that you genuinely don't know if it's true and could like really ruin somebody's fucking life. Yeah. You know, I don't think anything she did to like Prez in particular was like life ruining. But if if that started to become a problem for me where people were just posting shit like fucking a whatever his name is, yeah. like I don't really care. But at volume, if that starts happening over and over again, it's just like shit that's not true. It's just like, dude, at what point? I don't know. Well, you can do it nowadays. Yeah. All right. So Brett, from what I saw, and you can fill in the gaps. So Brett. Uh, quote tweeted a video of uh, he didn't play for the Colts. He was just an indie guy. He's a big indie fan. I think yeah. he's a content creator oh, okay. around the Colts. I don't know. Oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. He is, he is. the original dude. I'm not really yeah. sure about. The so specifics he, he, of who he is. no, you're right. I think maybe he works for a podcast or something. But he posted his his father passed away. They got a bunch of loans and and money. They got to pay back to retain ownership in the house and the car and and other stuff. And I guess Brett quote tweeted and just was like, hey, bat signal, anyone in the Colts community specifically, obviously Pat being kind of lead guy. I think he tagged some others. And then McAfee blocked him. Well, okay. So he, he basically like, yeah, like the, the content creator for the Colts who Brett has worked with before he's been on his podcast. Mm-hmm. He knows the guy personally. Uh, his father passed away. They had a lot of funeral bills at all these other bills. They were going to lose the house yep. if they, you know, didn't have money to take it back, whatever. Brett quote tweets him. Basically says, like, hey, can anyone get me in touch with the Colts or Pat McAfee or whatever? Right. You know, I want to amplify the situation going on. Pat saw it, took it as, oh, it's he didn't know who Brett was prior mm-hmm. to this interaction. Took it as, oh, it's just another dude who's, like, tagging me. And and he because he looks at Brett's following. He goes, oh, he's got 200,000 people. Mm-hmm. He's tagging me to be like, yo, give money or yeah. else you're a bad person doing it at scale in front of a lot of people. Right. Brett was just doing it to be like, hey, shoot, this is a retweet to your fucking audience or whatever. Mm. Try to make the situation known to more people. But Pat took it as like, you're trying to make me look like a prick for not donating money. And he's like, I donate money all the time, et cetera, et cetera. There's a million other ways you could have done this. You could have yeah. DM me, whatever. Uh, not Brett's intentions whatsoever. Pat, um, once he said that, he like responded to Brett's original tweet. Brett went back and was like, Pat, that's not what I was trying to do. Pat supposedly blocked him accidentally. Mm. He said he went to mute him, but he blocked him accidentally. <laughs> then Brett basically screenshotted that Pat blocked him, put it over the original tweet, and was like, all right, yeah. message received. Basically, yeah. like, I asked you to retweet this. You blocked me. Boom, message received. And I was like, kind of like a slam dunk on social media, to be honest with you. He brings him onto the show. They DM back and forth or whatever. Apparently, the DMs were not friendly. And brought him onto the show. So Brett was like the first 20, 30 minutes of 
Pat's show, you know, at some point last week. And did you watch? The, you, I did it. I didn't know should. that he went on. Oh, that's right, that's right. So I'll say that Pat came Pat came off horribly. Before you tell me what happened, um, actually, I get Pat's point. 100%. A lot because it just puts you in an almost impossible situation, right? Because you're saying, and, and Brett's saying too, like, yeah, I just want to... I just wanted you to retweet this, expose this to your audience. But is that Pat's way of donating by just doing that? And then Pat's audience sees him and they're like, am I going to donate if Pat's not going to donate? It's a brutal situation. I get it too because you're getting asked. And he even brought this up. He's like, I can't check my DMs anymore because every DM is like, hey, my mom has leukemia. Can you donate to right. this, this? And he's right. like, I'll do it to every single one of them. Right. So I completely i am empathetic to the situation mm-hmm. he was in. He got very offensive on this on the live stream. Yeah. He got very like attack worthy, and Brett was like very calm, yeah. cool, collected. He was like, "Dude, that's not what I was trying to do. I apologize for like acting emotionally and like posing that screenshot mm-hmm. of you blocking or whatever." And he was like, "Yeah, I have no respect for you like leaving that tweet up overnight and like yeah. all that kind of stuff." And it just came off like very. He was like so obsessed with making sure that. But if you're Brett told his that, followers that if, he was a good guy, if you're calling it a slam dunk, I meant the screenshot tweet. I know. Then well, here's here's. Here's why, like, he was saying, like, it's disrespectful for you to have left it up overnight. Right. And Brett didn't say this, but he was like, I just left it up to bring awareness. It was yeah. more, if you could translate that into English, it was like, I'm more concerned with bringing right. awareness and getting money for this family than I'm about your feelings right. right now. And if that was, like, amplified to understand so people can understand the situation, do I think that there was probably a little bit of, like, social showmanship within yeah. leaving that up overnight? Yeah. Maybe. Brett said he was busy. He's in the middle of a house move, so maybe mm. that's factored into whether or not he's busy on the platform. Yeah. They all were. Pat was like, I was not I was watching March Madness when I hit block instead yeah. of you. They're all just saying they weren't paying attention to anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, no one's, half a million, right, right. You know, no one's at fault for anything. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I'm empathetic on both sides of the situation. I just thought the way that Pat... He doesn't know Brett. We know Brett. Brett's a on, great, he's a great guy. I, I, I mean, Pat got smeared everywhere yeah. for this. Twitter, yeah. Reddit, like everything. I think if you watch the show... It just felt like Brett was trying to come to an understanding. It was like, hey, man, like, I didn't mean anything by yeah. it. And Pat was just, like, still just backhanded compliment after backhanded compliment. Yeah. Like, you do a great job. Like, he'll always add something else mm-hmm. into it. It's like, dude, just. It's interesting he brought him on the show to talk through it. I Because I, he wa- he needed, like, Brett to be like, no, Pat's actually a good guy. Sorry, gotcha, guys. Gotcha. That, that's, like, my takeaway gotcha. from it. While I am empathetic to the situation. Yeah. That's the way it came off to me. And I, I do assume it then brought more awareness. And he did get the money. Yeah. The guy got the money. So I guess it all worked out in the end for for most parties. But it's interesting. Pat had Aaron Rodgers on. We discussed it, or we were watching last week, half a million people. And then right after that, he announced that FanDuel deal might be uh, potentially up in the air. So, really? Yeah. And What's that, the deal he was on now? On so one he's year? on like a three or four year, $40 million a year deal. This is only year one, I believe. So You're saying it's up in the air because he wants more money? It's up in the air because it sounds like he's going to make a change. So he went on a, I don't want to call it a ramp, but a long kind of thing on how he's having a baby and how it's kind of changed his views on things and how last season he did WWE, college game day, and then he gets there Monday and it's just like, I got to drink three Red Bulls and five hour energy to get through it and to be on for you guys. But like, I'm killing myself and adding a kid into the mix is just not sustainable. On top of that, he's independent, right? 
I don't know who helps McAfee out with all this stuff, like who does their deals and who manages campaigns and who books guests. Like they have a team, but the way he made it seem is like he's actually the guy. And I know people who have worked with him. I don't know if they're like actually, you know, like read for Mr. Beast. Like he's the guy that like operates. Mm -hmm. And so we started talking about going to a network and how that might make a lot of sense for them which would be very interesting. I assume your first reaction is, fuck that, don't do that. I kind of thought the Rogers thing was huge. It meant like, all right, we're on social media. But then when you take a step back and we talk about the effects of being on television, it's like he got half a million people to watch in the middle of a Wednesday. My first question would be, based on what he's saying, what problem does that solve? What problem does going to a network solve from where? You don't have to sell your own advertising. Like, maybe it's as simple as that. You go to a network, NBC is a whole sales team, and if the numbers are there, you're good, right? You don't have to pitch. If you have a million people a week tuning in, you can sell ads, you know, easily because it's on television. This YouTube stuff, maybe you're priced at CPMs and you're not priced traditionally. So maybe that's just one example. And you get, it's like what we're talking about. It does feel like, yeah, it does feel like it's an easy, like, I mean, I don't want to say it's easy because obviously yeah. it's fucking probably very difficult. He's a smart dude and he probably knows what he's doing. But it feels like almost like when Prez hired a CEO yeah. to run Barcelona because he's yeah. like, I don't want to do that shit anymore. And he was able to just stay as the face of content, you know, mm-hmm. and the president. That feels like a similar-ish situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an entire process in itself that he doesn't really want to go through. Um, I guess maybe you're so established at that point that it doesn't really matter if you're independent. You're not like fighting for anything. Everyone yeah. already knows you. So whether you're here or there, they're all coming for, but Pat they don't, anyways. that that's the thing. It's like, we all know him. Millions of people know him, but like in the grand scheme of things, people don't know who Pat McAfee is, but they know it as much as any ESPN anchor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I would be pretty bummed. I would love to see him attack it and change change the game because I well, think, I think I think uh, it's almost it could be sort of like a Trojan horse where mm-hmm. he kind of changes the culture of the way media companies work from the inside. But will it ever change? It's still those same old heads making decisions, right? Well, I think I think there can will he be curse. There, he can't curse on TV. Could be. No, you could can't. Be. How do you know where he's going to go? It does. Because if he goes to any of the main, right, if the, he goes on true TV, I right, guess but it, it takes it takes one. Yeah, that would be an L. If he goes to yeah. a media company that's not like actually at scale right now. No, but but if, if he goes on NBC and is on from noon to three, he's not saying fuck this talking gambling like there's regulations. There's so much straight up. Are they I don't know the rules about that. They're just yeah. not allowed to curse on there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to to curse. Weird. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense because they can't monitor the content and kids can watch it. Now, why can I curse on on the web? I don't know what the rules are, but yeah, you can't like you cannot drop an f bomb in the middle of the pregame show. Um, I want to fact check that. <laughs> I guarantee that it's uh, it's literally a thing. I want to talk to my lawyer. Pull it up. Pull it up. I don't. I mean, here, let me see. Can you? I'll look up. Can you curse on TV? And the answer is federal law prohibits obscene, indecent, and profane content from being broadcast on the radio or TV. I feel like people curse on the radio. I don't know. What it, what While you- the F word is considered among the crudest of cuss words by some, it is allowed to be used on ESPN without penalty from the Federal Communications Commission. The FCC has no jurisdiction over basic cable content, only broadcast television and radio. I guess that would mean like covering live events he couldn't, but if they gave, say he did this so that he'd have a less intense schedule, he went from instead of, what does he stream now, Monday to Friday? Yeah. 
if they gave him, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever, they gave him the Pat McAfee hours on ESPN from, I don't know, six to nine or something mm. like that. And they allowed that to open up. And they were like, you can use your profanity at your, you know, don't do it obviously for the sake of doing it, but like, you know, be natural Pat. Yeah. That I feel like that would work so well ratings wise that it would make other networks start to really. But is, that's a federal law. It just said he, he, it's fine. Honey. What's fine? Like He's you're telling me an anchor could go on and just like start. I just read that to you. Yeah. This was a uh, article written by Indy star after Peyton Manning apologizes after Marshawn Lynch curses his Cassie. way through yeah. ESPN Manning cast. It said it's considered among he's decrued or whatever. It is allowed to be used on ESPN without penalty from the FCC. Gotcha. As long as it's not in, uh, I think it was like live games or whatever. <laughs> they just like did one thing with Barstool and then they were done with them. Right. But I'm saying some network will have, again, horrible example, but I'm trying to get the point across yeah. in the same way that like when sports teams when they didn't allow black athletes on the team yeah. and then they allowed black athletes who are way better athletes than white people for the most part. And they're like, fuck, we're having so much success as a team. Maybe as a forward thinking owner, we should say, Hey, I'm trying to make my team win. I'm going to utilize these types of players. That's it's like a wild analogy. <laughs> I, I understand. But I like, that's what I'm trying to say is like, there will be forward thinking executives who are like, I'm less concerned with whether or not we're politically correct or I, whether or not we come off cool. Yeah. Or I well. think, I think you're, overestimating how traditional these broadcasts are possibly but it only takes one mm. it takes one it takes one for them to steal all the fucking ratings for a three-hour period of time and that to open eyes to people yeah but you've got you've got the rights to espn and or sorry to the nfl to nba finals or playoffs and it's just like are you gonna risk that all for pat mcafee that's where right then you start yeah. being like eh, like maybe he's not that meaningful not that powerful you know everyone has has a different worth and he doesn't outperform and so if an advertiser's like that doesn't fit our vibe or we're trying to advertise the kids and now you can't show that content to kids yeah i know it's 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 definitely like a tough sell but like i, I just the more i've thought about all this i'm like i could get canceled but and i don't plan on it i mean you plan on did. it yeah you did that's <laughs> fucking episode what do you mean uh but, like, it is nice that no one can tell us how we have to do shit and, like, how we can be authentic. And so when that authenticity hits scale, right, that's when these stipulations start coming into play. Oh, Drewski is working the red carpet. You know what? Drewski's a little more out there uh, with his jokes and the stuff he talks about. So do you mind just, like, toning it down a little? We still want you to be you. But then, like, but if not he, fully you, right? Yeah, no. There's definitely like a fine line. Like, fuck it. that. Yeah, no, absolutely, fuck that. I think it's just gonna take a while for us to move to a world where the digital creators do own all these processes. Yeah, no, it's just gonna take a time for sure for us to just wipe that's out what, the old heads. Yeah, that I mean, that's why selling product, right, and selling shit you own, because yes, if if I started just well, it's it's more about it's more about like man, when, let's stop fiending over being part of the media network. Let's stop fiending over like being the people who talk to people on the red carpet and let's create our own red carpet yeah. and have that be bigger than the Oscars or the Grammys mm -hmm. or whatever. In the same way that like Cole Bennett, right? You know, Cole Bennett? No. No. Uh, Lyrical Lemonade. Uh, I know. He's this young kid that makes like, he makes so many music videos now yeah. for like up and coming rappers. And basically every time he fucking touches a video, he blows them up. Huge in the rap community. He's very, very popular now, but he runs his company Lyrical Lemonade and they have a festival each year. And this year it was like the biggest, largest independent festival mm -hmm. of all time. And he's someone who's like paving the path to make it their own. Right. And that's why I think like Barstool announcing a 
a game, like a sports game, right? Like mm-hmm. being the announcers for a game is something that changes the tide where you become, yeah. you become the old traditional media that you had a problem with or they had a problem with you. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to eventually, these will surpass those problems. It's like we won't worry about Drewski being himself on the red carpet because Drewski's eventually going to sh- throw a fucking award show right. where he's going to be the one curating who's on the red carpet. Right. I think it's just a matter of time before that stuff happens. Yeah, I'm excited. It, it feels good. McAfee stuff, Kenny doing Stephen A stuff. I know this is more sports specific, which I would assume a lot of people listening are kind of in that in that vein. But it's just encouraging. I was talking to a creator in our agency, Kevin Walsh, and he's got a huge TikTok presence in you know the NFL, and we were just talking through diversifying platforms, the future creator. What's create. someone? What's someone in his mind space? Uh, thinking right now as someone who's like very tiktok heavy yeah is he as bullish on tiktok as we are no no not bullish on it no he's he said a couple things one he was like tiktok was really hot and i was like let's go all in on tiktok let's push which i'm a believer on like find your platform um and then i'm obviously as equal a believer on find another platform and diversify and there was part of him that was like I don't know the way that TikTok's building longer videos and, you know, they're going to evolve. Maybe they could replace YouTube to a degree, right? It's tough to see today that happening because of everything that's gone down. I think it's a mixture of like, I had to tell him, yo, look, like you have a million followers on TikTok. Like it's insane. And then he was like, yeah, but I just don't feel like the quality of that followers is high. And I would agree with both those sentiments. Shout out to him for being like aware in that sense. But also shout out to him for like still finding a way to manage a fucking million followers on a platform like that now puts you in the upper, 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 upper percentile of people have ever started something. Now is the next step. Like, all right, how do you get it onto new platforms? How do you make people care about you? Um, it, the more we talk about it, it's just like quality content and that that's, what's going to win because I just wonder if there's ever been a platform where those types of numbers felt less important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I had a million subs on YouTube, I would <laughs> be like, yeah, well, well, okay. We have 600,000 and now they don't matter. Yeah. Right. But that's like, I feel that's the same like way. TikTok. I, it is. Yeah. No, it's through shorts, yeah. short form followers do not matter. And, you know, that's a blanket statement. They obviously matter. And there's also an exit velocity, right? If you if you get 80 million followers or Alex Earl gets 5 million followers and then you get into the press, that's when it matters. But if you just have a million followers on TikTok and it's not the type of following that you've been trying to build, yeah, it's just a it's just a metric, a meaningless number next to it. Yeah, for the most part. meaningless as fuck. Dude. Well, that's been obvious for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I think that's what you were trying to communicate and what your audience was missing on was you weren't trying to say, hey, we don't give a fuck about you. Like you're you're like, <laughs> no, that's what I was exactly trying. But you care. Having the followers on TikTok is good. It's better than not. But it's like, what are you guys doing? You're not going to help us make any money because you don't engage with any of our meaningful content. That, like th- that number a- will help us. It doesn't help us grow. Like literally us being like, we have this many followers does not mean we'll yeah. have more followers. What that can do, that number specifically, you can trick one or two companies yeah. early on. Yeah. And then it won't work anymore. Right. That's it. But if it's meaningful, if it's a meaningful follower count, right. that obviously that matters. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter to what we were doing. It didn't matter to our industry, which is yeah. why it's like, we can go to 
the next DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, we got this <laughs> and we got like a million on yeah. TikTok or whatever. They give us a deal three months down the line. They're like, Fuck this. nothing's happening here. Yeah. Again, you could trick people through all these fake vanity fucking yeah. metrics. But when you need people to show up for you, the only way that they're going to do that is if you've actually built something with them. Yeah. We, we, we talked about today or yesterday, our snap shows, like that stuff has kind of fallen a little bit. The algorithm is, has changed up. Our shows got dinged for some copyright stuff. The quality of content on there is terrible. And we were making a lot of money off just our shows. And now it, we were discussing like, we're just doing this for the money. Like we could use our time so much better. So, I mean, I would like to return to where we we're making a lot of money on those, on that platform, specifically creating the shows. But if not, it's going to force us into like creating good content, which I would be just as excited about. Like we're doing stuff like Lamar Jackson is going to be a Minnesota Viking. <laughs> you know, it's like, you <laughs> I'm not super proud about that. And that's the least clickbaity fucking thing on the platform. The the shit is like Steph Curry slept with LeBron's wife. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, and it's the thumbnail and it's like, oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> like there's gotta be a correction on that platform. But Snapchat Snapchat's has, wild. But Snapchat that. has to deliver revenue numbers back to investors and stockholders, which advertisers want engaged content. And it's yeah. just like I think that's how the long tail of this plays out is like that type of content, it, it's, it's almost like gone. what I just said. It's like I could fool a company once or twice on a sponsorship yeah. deal. Snapchat can fool an investor around yeah. once by showing, oh, we have these many fucking yeah. engagement. And then eventually, like, when when no actual the sales revenue or engagement actually gets driven through LeBron's wife fucking Steph Curry, yeah. that will play itself out over the years when they're like, we can't do anything with this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting because it, it is a good tactic, right, for growth and for awareness. Another thing Snap did is they have these uh, crystals, creator stories. So, like, if I post eight stories on my thing and you watch, like, I get – 10 cents or something because they're sticking advertising in between. So now people like David Dobrik are fucking posting 400 times a day and they're racking in 10 grand a day. I've wondered why all of the creators do that. They just post their camera roll every day. Yes. And so, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. I don't hate that content. I don't hate that content. It feels, it feels vloggy to me, but no one is vlogging. They're just posting bullshit. It's, and it's working for now until people are like, why am I clicking through it? It's just a picture at the end and I got to click to get there. And Snap needs to get to the point where like I did a shoot today with MSG, right? People in my audience will find that interesting. What's it like being on camera, being on TV, getting a sign ball, all that stuff. In my head, you I'm like... You care about that sign ball. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that sign <laughs> But I'm like, oh, I'm just going to film some stuff. I'll create a TikTok or an IG reel later. I'm not thinking like, oh, I'll vlog this in a story all for snap. Cause I can just post my Kava bowl or Naya bowl yeah. and it'll just get as much engagement. So, well, I think, I don't know. I, I think there is something to specifically like what those creators are doing. I yeah. think, th- I think it is a version of a vlog. It's like at the end of the day, the vlog is a behind the scenes look at, yeah. at what you're doing. Is yeah. a storytelling strong? No, probably not. No. And I think there are people who are going to do it better, obviously, yeah. but I think there's some credence to, how what it's doing and i only say that honestly from a no my favorite platform to do that on is snap and it's a platform that if i think you had an audience there you would love it's it's a one-to-one even though you have an audience 
And you can just express yourself however, whatever your mood is. It doesn't have to be as buttoned up, which I think is really nice. But now our viewer, I mean, my viewership's down because everyone has flooded the platform. They just released this? This was released probably eh, like four or five months ago. But then they started doing press around it. And it's like, snap, you guys, like, you should find a way to encourage, like, quality content that could take the app to the next level because you got the friend stuff down. You're getting people on the app, but like we need quality spotlight is, you know, it's just TikTok beta right now. All right, let's do some question and bad ants. Kelsey, we're going to start off with your question. Even though I told you all your questions are terrible. Uh, have you ever had a collaboration where you didn't get what you were expecting out of the other person? If so, how did you handle the situation and how do you professionally cut ties with another business or creator collaboration as in external, not someone who worked for BDGE? Have you ever had a collaboration? Oh, collaboration as in, um, okay. Do you want me to start? Okay. Well, today I completed my collaboration with Madison Square Garden Networks and I think going into it, obviously I got, well, not obviously because it's not always, but I did get paid for it. So we did make money from this. So I guess we got something out of it. What I felt like we didn't get out of is like, I kind of did want to immerse myself into the MSG personalities, into the Knicks, into having access, into building my personal brand around New York teams, specifically the Knicks. And because our YouTube stuff didn't perform because I came in with an understanding of, oh, we're going to be able to do the super fun show. And then we're standing in front of a green screen talking like we can't use logos. We can't use marks. We can't use music, you know, a very corporate kind of mindset and video. It just didn't do well. So then they're looking at me, at least my assumption is like, why are we investing in this? And I'm looking at them like I, I, you know, it's not going great. Um, I I am the Knicks pal. (laughs) So, yeah, I would say the relationship ended. There's obviously no, no bad blood to me, it was like a failure, and I don't know if we could have made it better. I just don't know if it was a perfect match. Okay. Maybe I could have embraced it more. Yeah, go or, back from the start. Yeah. Looking back on it now, I think a lot of the, a lot of the reasons things go in that you know, direction or mm-hmm. you end up in a failing situation where you feel at least like you didn't get out what you wanted, yeah. most of it is because both parties are not clear on yeah. what they're expecting or what they're getting from the other side yeah. up front. And sometimes you don't know exactly what you want, which is what makes it difficult. Yep. But I think that's like the biggest piece of advice I can give when it comes to like collaborating is setting a game plan up front so that when you're not seeing the results or you're not having that stuff delivered, mm-hmm. there's a very clear point that you can look at and say, hey, this is what I thought we were doing. This is where I thought we were going. We're not there. I'm not, I don't feel like, I don't feel good about doing this. You're not mm-hmm. delivering your side, whatever the case may be. There always needs to be something flat on paper that's not emotional. That's just straight up like, this is what we're doing. This is what I want to do. This is mm-hmm. what I'm expecting from both sides. Therefore, you always have a point that you can go back to. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be some big, like, problematic thing down the road. Yeah. Do you have any that come to mind? Yeah, I would say I've, I've done collaborations over the years. I, I found myself, I like doing uh, basically two types of content. Collaborations that I'm, like, really passionate about the content itself or individual videos. Like when I'm doing fantasy videos, I don't love doing collaboration videos. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like I get in a mindset where it feels very 
it's less free flowing when I'm talking about football and fantasy. It's like the research and stuff. So I need to be in my zone where like I'm not kind of distracted by other things going around. And I've done, I used to bring this guy, Dr. Jesse Morse onto my channel of the fantasy doctors. And I would bring him on for like medical advice throughout the, throughout the year or whatever. And I found that to be not because of him or anything. I actually get along with him very well. Personally, I think he's a cool dude. I think he gives off really, really valuable information. I got to a point where I was like, I'm not really enjoying this content anymore. Like, I don't really like making it. Mm. I know that people in the audience want it, but like I show up and I kind of dread doing it mm. whenever we were doing it, whether it was once a week, twice a week or whatever. So I, just told him that I was like, listen, man, it's, it's nothing against you. It's nothing against like the channel or whatever. It's just not the direction that I want to be going anymore. So I want to put my time into, into other avenues. And I think most people will understand that. So now when I get into collaborations, it's only purely from something like organic like this, where I'm mm -hmm. like, yo, let's just like talk about content and like yeah. figure it out in the way. So I, I wouldn't jump into a collab unless I knew exactly what the value props on both sides were. And it was something that I was like really into, I think. Okay. If you are trying to turn your content into a business, aka a brand, what are some steps that you should take? Example, have a lawyer, accountant, et cetera. What type of insurance should you have? So very like baseline, you know, business technical questions. I guess if you're starting, I think if you're starting in today's day and age, you're starting with some sort of social media account in which I don't think you need any of that stuff. I would say get an LLC. I would say that, get, that's the first step. Get an LLC. You ever see those fucking TikTok videos kill me when it's like people's like, you got to wake up at 3.30. You got to, first thing you do when you wake up, get water and make it LLC. They like, <laughs> they like pretend to be entrepreneurs. It's so fucking funny. Uh, LLC makes sense because you create an LLC and then any expenses that you make towards that passion, hobby, yeah. business, brand, uh, can get written off for tax purposes. That's that's really it. Like even if you were, even if you don't want to be like a content creator, you don't want to build a brand. If you have like a passion that you spend money on, yeah. you should pretty much form an LLC just for tax purposes yeah. out of it. Otherwise, I mean, you don't definitely don't need what the fuck you need a lawyer for. You don't need you don't need business insurance unless you're running a business, unless you have a physical location, unless you have employees, things like mm -hmm. that. Like we didn't have I didn't have business insurance until we got into this office March first this year. I think lawyers kind of come and go as specific needs come and go. Yeah, a lot of them you can use as, what's the word when, not freelance, but you can. Contractors. Yeah. You, yeah. You, All of them pretty much are. Yeah, you can use them as one-offs. What's the requirement if you're starting that stuff? It depends what you're trying to do. If you're hiring an employee, like we use Gusto, which is a payroll provider. Like We use QuickBooks, but yeah. There is we a, didn't even start using that until this year because yeah, we didn't have payroll until this yeah, year. There is there's a tool for everything, and then there's someone who can be hired at an hourly rate. So I don't know if there's anything super specific. Now, stuff that we talked about just today, like I got a trademark on, you know, our logos and stuff. A lot of this stuff is more so preparing for the future. Like, look, if you get to the point where you need to, like, call trademark on people, then you've made it, right? So I was going to say, most of this stuff is just shit you would not worry about at the beginning of when yeah, you're starting. Yeah. I think you're already focusing on the wrong things, to be yeah. honest with you. I think you got to focus on building a demand for what you're doing, yeah. building a demand for your brand and your business and your content. Yeah. I mean, if you're developing like a product, maybe a patent, but then that's like develop. I don't even think we could speak on that because right. we haven't really like done anything that's that intense, but yeah. it doesn't sound like you're, doesn't sound like that's the avenue you're going. If you have down. an Instagram account, just worry about making really good content. Yeah. High quality for a content. while. That's the theme of this episode. Yes. Yeah. High quality content over the long span. And then as situations arise, if you're unsure about how to do certain things, like, you know, you asked about an accountant, but I also feel like n no one knows about taxes to begin with, <laughs> right? Business up. taxes, normal taxes. Yeah. Like you need an accountant for your everyday life, you know, yeah. so you could find someone with that. But, um, 
also if you form an LLC, the taxes are the same between like yourself personally and an LLC. So it doesn't anything complicated there, but yeah, I, I think you focus on doing your content. Correctly. Hit up the discord or hit up us personally, because I will say that is the one thing that if you are going at it solo, you like, I had no clue. I asked you, I mean, for lighting, I ask you for, you know, payroll provider. I ask people, entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs know some of the answers or can point you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get, be in the discord, ask the questions there. If you have any other ones, we'll figure it out together. <laughs> Love you. We're here for you. Jack's here for you sometimes. Okay. I think that's all we had. Okay. Right now. That is it. Tommy Gabagool. Thank you for making it through this edit. Thank you guys for watching, listening. If you did, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Thumbs up button, all that shit. We'll see you uh I never know if I've paid my business insurance. <laughs> I like literally got an email one that's like, here's your receipt for paying business insurance. The next email I got is like is final reminder that your policy is pending cancellation for not. I feel like this one that I didn't pay is fake news. So I fucking paid. I hate this shit. I need whatever Pat McAfee ends up doing. <laughs> I'm so sick of this shit. All right. Uh, you can't curse. <laughs> I'd be absolutely cooked. You'd be banned. And I'd in be hours. filleted like a salmon.